This is Senior Talk, presented by Heartfelt Care at Home on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 AM, and 92.5 FM. Here is your host, Greg Koopman. Good morning and welcome to Senior Talk, presented by Heartfelt Care at Home, a Total Care Connections family company, right here and only on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 AM, and 92.5 FM. I'm Greg Koopman, your host for Senior Talk, founder of Heartfelt Care at Home, Colorado Springs' most trusted senior in home care provider. Be sure to visit us online today at heartfeltcareathome.com. Joining us in the studio today, our friend and frequent guest here on Senior Talk, Mr. Kent Matthews with the Family Caregiver Support Center at the Pikes Peak Area Agency on Aging, Pikes Peak Council of Governments. Right? Yay, yeah, you got it. I got it all in there, but it's <laughs> you did. It's great to have you back here on the show, Kent. Always a pleasure and always a good time. One of my my more enjoyable guests. I'm allowed to say that because I'm the host, but uh, <laughs> Kent, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure having you on here. Thank you. Um, for listeners who maybe have missed you in the past here on the show, take a few moments, share with our listeners a little bit about your background and, and what brought you to doing what it is you do today. So my background is I've been a social worker, master degree social worker for the last 30 years. It's a second career. Um, 15 of those years were with hospice care, and most of that hospice care uh, were with agencies in Arizona. Moved to Colorado, finished up my hospice career with a hospice here in town, and then went over to the Area Agency on Aging to do the Family Caregiver Support Center. And what I learned... Um, by doing my work over at the Family Caregiver Support Center, it was, it was very similar to the work I was doing as a hospice social worker in terms of supporting family caregivers, um, providing them with emotional support, but also providing them with information about resources in the community to help them with their caregiving. Fantastic. And, and definitely the right man for the job. Uh, I've heard nothing but wonderful feedback on on the work that you and your team does over there at the Area Agency on Aging for for well over the past decade. So well, it's, a, it's a pleasure having you a part thank of our you. community, Kent. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, you know, what is the Area Agency on Aging and, and more so, you know, the Family Caregiver Support Center? So the Area Agency on Aging is an entity. Um, we're in existence because of funding from the Older Americans Act, which was put into effect back in the late 60s. And um, the money from the federal government, and then we also get additional money from the state of Colorado, is for the purpose of assuring that there are resources in the community to assist seniors who are on their own and also family caregivers. Um, And the Family Caregivers Support Center is um, how our area agency on aging answered the mandate when they updated the um, Older Americans Act to say that area agencies needed to be intentional about supporting family caregivers, they established the Family Caregiver Support Center. And basically, our primary responsibility at the support center is to provide consultations to family caregivers at no charge to help them understand um, and deal with the puzzle of caregiving. Um, And to figure out where the resource, what the resources are, where the resources are, how to access the resources, and then begin to help them understand all of the emotional stuff that comes with the changes in relationship because they're trying to help um, mom or dad or an older family member. 
And we're going to talk about exactly that today. Um, you know what what all is involved in in, in the ramifications of being a, a family caregiver. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, before we dive into to that, you know, who or or what? You know, who's a family caregiver? What is a family caregiver? So for us at the Area Agency on Aging and the Family Caregiver Support Center. The family, a family caregiver is the person who is supporting an older member in, or an older citizen in the community, somebody who's 60 and older. So it could be adult children helping mom and dad, or it could be grandchildren helping grandparents, or it could be the neighbor next door who is um, helping uh, because they're concerned, so they're helping their neighbor with um going to the grocery store or doing shopping or um, helping them pick up their medication or maybe doing some light housekeeping <clears throat> or a church member or a friend. Or even a, a spouse, uh, an elderly yes. spouse taking care of, an, uh, you Another, know, uh, of a uh, yeah, senior. Yeah, so it's this broad range of people helping other people who are 60 and over, That's and they're not paid to do that. That's, for me, what a family caregiver is. All right. And of course, being a family caregiver, you know, there are I'll say obvious and maybe sometimes not so obvious uh, emotional issues and challenges that that make being a family caregiver difficult. You know, what sort of impacts are we seeing, you know, caregiving make on a caregiver's life, you know, with work or, or stress or relationships, uh, those, those components of our lives? So it it changes all of those components. Um, it. I often explain to caregivers when I'm helping them understand because they're confused as to why this is so difficult Um, because they're trying to help and they're getting pushback. And so I explain it. It's it's like they're in a dance with their family member that they're trying to help. And that family member is um, leading the dance, but um, it's a different dance step than what the caregivers want to do. And so it's like everybody's tripping over everybody's feet and the dance isn't going well and it's not going smoothly because everybody's trying to lead and nobody's trying to just enjoy the dance. And it, the, the caregiving changes the relationships. And um, I've seen and I learned this in early in my hospice career, both parties, the caregiver and the care receiver, have a responsibility to each other. And it's not, the responsibility isn't just for the care receiver to say, I'm going to be taking, taking, taking. The care receiver has to give. The care receiver has to change. The caregiver has to receive. The caregiver has to change as well. So you've got this mutual back and forth. It's not just the caregiver going there and providing service it's much deeper than all of that yeah and do you do you find when you you become aware of that or when a family caregiver and the care recipient become aware of that that they're able to be more intentional about uh their outlook on the scenario yes and then i imagine that would have great impacts on the success of the caregiving scenario right right Right. It's, it's it's a it's a transformative experience when it goes well for everybody, for the family member receiving care, the care receiver, and also for the family members giving the care, the caregivers. It can be transforming as long as people are open to let go, 
live comfortably in the craziness of, of the current and then letting the newness develop and living in that newness um, and accepting that newness. Kent Matthews Family Caregiver Support Center at the Area Agency on Aging. Kent, let's get your contact information out for listeners who maybe want to reach out to you, learn a little bit more about the resources available for, for them as family caregivers or or care recipients. So best way, um, my email is um, the letter K for my first name and then Matthews, M-A-T-H-E-W-S, at P-P-A-C-G dot org. Uh, best phone number to call me at is 719-471-2096. I'm at extension 115. And that phone number I just gave is also the phone number that's on the front of the yellow book. Okay, fantastic. A great resource that you'll see out there with a lot of uh, uh, senior care providers who have that yellow book available. It's just an extra wonderful resource to help connect the dots on uh, the puzzle of, of aging yep. here in uh, El Paso County. We're going to mix things up, Kent, a little bit different protocol mm-hmm. than uh, than we normally do here <laughs> when we have you on. But I thought it would be timely uh, with the holidays uh, around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figure the holidays can can be tremendously uh, stressful for family yes. caregivers and even family your caregiver uh, recipients, care recipients. So what I did is I put together a list of, uh, I'll say, tips. Have you checked it twice? uh, I I have not checked it twice, and I don't know who's naughty or nice, uh, but we're going to (laughs) find that out here today on Senior Talk. Um, But hopefully this list of of some tips uh, will help family caregivers take care of themselves during the holiday season. Thought it'd be nice if we Mm -hmm. uh, go through the list, and you being, I'll I'll say, our resident family caregiver guru, Mm -hmm. the the expert, uh, to have you chime in on each of these tips and maybe add a little bit uh, uh, extra con- okay. context and advice for it uh, to, to hopefully be uh, of some value to our uh-huh. listeners who are okay. in the, the family caregiving scenario during this holiday season. Uh, so the first tip is to practice self-care. Mm-hmm. And that is easier said than done. Just do it. <laughs> I, yeah, but part, part the the hardest part about doing the self care really depends on the boundaries that the caregiver has set up to provide the care, and um, it in order for a caregiver to do good self care, they have to have boundaries that they're comfortable with, um, and their care receiver needs to be accepting of those boundaries sure. so they can go do that self-care without that so, no matter what you try to do it ain't going to happen because you don't have the boundaries to do that i've had yeah. caregivers in my office who literally feel like they're being imprisoned because they can't do anything for themselves because they believe that good caregiving for them is to be at constant on call, on call 24/7. For, for their family members. So whenever their family member says, boo, they jump, what can I do? They have no boundaries. And so for them, self-care would be impossible until they learn to do those self-boundaries. So would you say a, a good first step to, to setting those boundaries is to maybe block off some time for yourself, to a, a, allow time for yourself? Is that a good first step to say, 
Friday nights from from nine to, to eleven, I'm gonna. It's me time, right? Uh, and you set it in stone. That's your boundary. That's your barrier. Right. And, yep. and it's it's chiseled in stone right. on your calendar. Right. Yep. Yep. And and I've heard caregivers and and I've heard mothers with young children say that they've established that kind of a boundary by going into the bathroom and shutting the door. You know, and then telling the kids, "Mommy's on the potty." Yeah, but until the you know, door falls down because they were knocking so right. hard. Right. <laughs> so, so you may, as you know, if you're caring for a senior, you may have to do something along those lines, where you just shut the door and, um, just get those. And it it doesn't have to be a large amount of time, especially if you're trying to establish the boundaries. Five minutes or ten minutes is good. And then, as you get more comfortable with that. Begin to expand the amount of time. It goes up to 20 minutes. It goes up to 30 minutes. That kind of a thing. Absolutely. So, yeah. so tip number two, keep it simple, right? You only have so much energy and so many resources mm-hmm. that you can, can, can exert. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- shed a little more light on that. Uh, how important is it to keep it simple or how can we keep it simple? Keeping it simple can be as <clears throat> simple as. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were here. I know it. Um, but... I'll just use I the thing I like about Christmas time is um once the tree is up sitting um in the room at night with very dim light and the trees are on the light and just sitting in the stillness yeah. of the house. Um and so it could be as simple as that. Um the other thing I've noticed about um, the benefit I get from that is my intention for doing that. Um, if I'm exhausted and I sit down, I've got to go through that exhaustion first before I can have attention to what I need to focus on, which is, you know, memories of past Christmases with the tree, that kind of stuff. Um, and like the other night when I was doing it, I was thinking of, all the times when I was a kid growing up and did that, uh, when I was at college and we had a tree in the dorm room, and I would sit and do that. Um, when I was um, still a bachelor and living on my own, and it was at the end of the day, and I just wanted to catch my breath. And all of those memories came back, and all of those memories have different meanings for me. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to reconnect with all of those. Um, so yeah, keep it simple, um, but it also has to involve with what attention are you giving to it, and being intentional about it. Yes, uh, it ma- makes perfect sense. Yep. Uh, starting a new tradition, uh, and, and that mm-hmm. can go with uh, along the lines of realizing that uh, Christmas this year or the holidays this year uh, aren't going to be what the holidays were last year or right. the year before or ten years ago, right. um, depending on on your scenario and situation. Uh, but starting new traditions as a way to, to, to find enjoyment with that is, is that, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's probably the most important thing to do is, so when you, when you have a tradition, what does the tradition mean to you? Um, is it something that you're doing because you've always done it? Or is it something that you're doing because it connects you to something deeply emotional and that's why you're doing it? 
And if that's why you're doing it, because it's connected to something deeply emotional, what you may have to do when you develop or shift or modify or change that ritual is grieve that original purpose for that tradition, but then embrace the new reason for it and and provide attention and focus to that. And then next year when you do that, focus more on the new reason because the the old reasons will always be there, but they're going to carry less importance. And that's why you have to focus on the new because that's what carries the importance. It's be, okay to grieve. Yes. The, the, the loss of a tradition or a way you used to do things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and to counterbalance that or to process that, to, to reflect on the positive of the new. Right. Okay. Right. That I'm still somewhat um, grieving the fact that, you know, we no longer have the kids over to open presents. Um, I'm really treasuring this year with our daughter coming down from Laramie and, and bringing our one-year-old granddaughter. So we'll have that. But I also know that, <clears throat> you know, they've said the new tradition is going to be, we're going to start this process of shifting. So one year we'll come down here for Christmas, but an, another year you come up for okay. us for Christmas. And on another year, we're going to be celebrating Christmas with her, I mean, his family, Okay, which you may not come we don't know if we're going to invite you to that or not or right. if you want to come but so there there may be three there may be a cycle of three different christmases to work through each one is a little bit different that's just going to be the new routine and the issue is if if i don't let go of the past i'm not going to be able to enjoy the present yeah. wonderful tip number four it's okay to ask for help Yes. Yes. Um, How do you ask for help if you're not comfortable asking for help? You don't ask for the Pure and simple, <laughs> you don't ask for the help. You don't ask okay? for the help. How do I get comfortable asking for help? There's, there's the more That's, appropriate question. Well, but, but that, that I think really goes back to who we are as a people in this country. Because we, as a whole, we don't necessarily – we're not trained or encouraged to reach out for help. It's always been figured out on your own. And there's, we believe there's something special and unique if you figure it out and do it all on your own, um, rather than asking for the help. And it's the only way you become comfortable asking for the help is you jettison the idea of, I don't need to ask for help, and you start asking for the help. And the more you ask for the help, the more comfortable it becomes. It's just, that's just the process. Is it, for, for someone who's not comfortable or used to, to asking for help, uh, in hearing what you're saying about the only way to get comfortable is to do it. Right. Uh, it, it, does it make sense to, to ask for a little help to start? Like, can you sit with, with you know, my mother for an hour while I get out and do do this. 
uh, instead of saying, can you sit with my mother for the whole day so I can go out and do like baby steps to asking for help, it, I guess, is the better way to say it. For some, for some people, the baby steps would work. For some people, it has to be the smack you in the face kind of episode where you just hit the wall and you've got to ask for the help. And then by going through that, you realize that, you know, I should have been asking for the help and I will probably continue to ask for the help. So it kind of depends on, on your personality. Um, I'm in the same boat that you're in. I know when I get older, it's going to be extremely difficult for me to ask for the help because somehow it, it impinges on my personhood, I guess. Um, but you know, I, my wife always tells me, you don't know unless you ask. <laughs> yeah, you heard it right here on Senior <laughs> yeah. Talk. You don't know unless you ask, and it makes perfect sense. Right. All right, can't, t- tip number five. Don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Let go of perfection. Yes. Or the idea of perfection. Yes. So it's... Okay, if I I I've got an artificial Christmas tree. We've had it for four or five years. And when I was putting it up this year, in previous years, I was always I I gotta get the branches just right. I gotta hours doing that. Yeah, I know. I I (laughs) I have I have done that. Um and this year it was a matter of I, I, because I was more relaxed when I was doing it, I adjusted some branches and I'd step back and look, eh, it looks good. So I, I was letting go of that perfectionism. And it was more enjoyable putting up the tree this year than it ever has been in the past. So we, we rob ourselves of joy and happiness because of our perfectionism. And... A lot of, um, I've heard a lot of people say this, you, and mostly when your kids get older, when you're going through a holiday season, you're, you realize that you missed a lot of enjoyment of the moments because you were so into it has to be done perfectly. The table has to be set. The food has to be just right. And, and everything has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then we've messed up and it doesn't count. When in reality, those things that didn't go well are probably the best and strongest memories yeah. that you have. There's a concept uh, called the, the, the gap and the gain. And, and um, for us perfectionists, we, we strive for that 100% right. and we get to 80%. And as that perfectionist, we're, we're living in the gap of, mm-hmm. of we, we didn't make it mm-hmm. to that 100%. So between 80 and 100, we're living in this, this failure. Mm-hmm. And to your point, everything that we went through to get to that successful 80% is, is lifetimes of memory. So, so for me, the visualization of what you just said was shortly after I got here, I think it was like maybe the second year or third year I got here, I did the uh, Brain Association um, fundraiser where they um, hike up, you raise money for the Brain Injury Association, and then but you hike up to Pikes Peak on Bar Trail, and it's it's a wonderful support system. 
But I, the, the thing that caught me was when I got above tree line and I was looking up at the peak and I'm going, oh, <laughs> I still, I, I'm not there. And I was just, I was exhausted. Um, it was about 12 miles. I probably had about two miles left and I was just exhausted. And then I turned around and I looked and I saw, since I was above tree line, I had a beautiful view of Colorado Springs. And I'm going, Wow. And then I had energy and because I realized everything I had accomplished that I had gone the 80%. There was only 20% left, but I had gone. And I enjoyed the 80%, yeah. which then gave me the energy to finish the task. And caregivers fall into that same trap because they're doing a job that is never ending. There's always one more thing to do, always one more thing to do. And so in the holiday season, I would encourage all of us, me included, to sit down and think about all that we have done and enjoy the being in the present moment because we're in that present moment because of everything we've done. Yeah. So let's enjoy being in the present go moment. Go with the flow. And go with the flow. That makes sense. That's wonderful. Uh, Kent, let's get your information out uh, another time here. Uh, so if anybody wants to reach you and your team over at the Family Caregiver Support Center, how can they find you? So um, they can call, which is 719-471-2096. I'm at extension 115. Or they can send me an email, which is kmatthews, M-A-T-H-E-W-S, at P-P-A-C-G dot org. Fantastic. Now, we're running low on time. It happens every time here on Senior Talk. What would you say, what is the, the biggest takeaway you'd like to leave with our listeners here today? The, I think the biggest takeaway is enjoy creating new rituals. Because the rituals, the ritual is what you do in the present moment. The tradition is what has the the amassing of all the rituals and and so in order to change the traditions and to move forward you have to start in the present moment which means you have to change the ritual you have to make a new ritual but when you're making that new ritual enjoy it enjoy being in that present moment enjoy the love the security the trust the peace whatever that it's creating for you enjoy that um, because that then allows new traditions to, it provides space for the new traditions to begin. All right. Kent, I can't thank you enough for joining us here today. I hope you didn't mind uh, mixing it up a little nope. bit. Uh, I loved it. Uh, but uh, share with our listeners one last time how they can reach out to you and the team at the Area Agency on Aging. So Kent Matthews, and it's for, um, 719-471-471. 2096 extension 115 email address is kmatthews at ppacg.org fantastic thank you sir i appreciate it we'll be sure thank to you. have you back on after the uh, after the new no, year i'd love it i'd love it 
Before we go, I want to remind listeners you can find out more information about Heartfelt Care at Home online at heartfeltcareathome.com or by giving us a call at 719-362-0094. Again, that's 719-362-0094. Be sure to join us next Sunday and every Sunday at 8 a.m. and Saturdays at 10.30 a.m., Right here and only on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 AM, and 92.5 FM for another edition of Senior Talk presented by Heartfelt Care at Home, a Total Care Connections family company.